Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. Santa Perk in the house. Turn my mic up. Coming up on NBA Today, get your Santa hats on. We slay down the NBA Christmas Day schedule. Which matchup are we most looking forward to? Don't miss it. Plus, what's the holdup on the KD front? Could he possibly sit out next season if he isn't traded from Brooklyn? We answer all those questions and we react to Giannis's interesting comments about potentially wearing another jersey before it's all said and done. <laughs> NBA Today starts now. Oh, he's too honest. The Christmas gift that arrived about six months early. That's right. Schedule. Sixers, Knicks, Bucks, Celtics. Mavs, Lakers, Grizzlies, and the Warriors. Of course, we're looking forward to that one. And Suns, Nuggets. Wow, what a lineup. That's a pretty good-looking graphic as well. All right, with that, we're off and running on NBA Today. I'm LaChana Robinson filling in for Malika Andrews, and I'm lucky enough to be flanked today by Matt Barnes, Ramona Shelburne, and Big Perk, who joins us remotely from Houston. I'm surprised that Perk isn't dressed like Santa. I mean, it's hot. It's too hot. It is, it is too hot. But he, if it's too hot, then this is a turtleneck kind of look he's got going on, so it's That's too hot either beard. way. That's just his beard hanging down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he does have a, a couple of grays in there to match yeah, yeah. with Santa Claus, so there that's a good go. thing. All right. <laughs> um, wow. Looking at this slate, Ramona, we'll start with you. What is your reaction? I mean, I was waiting for LALA. Like, mm. where are the Clippers on this? Where are the Brooklyn Nets? I mean, the, the, there, there's a couple of teams that, um, yes, we all knew the Warriors were going to be on this. You assume the Celtics were going to be on this because they played in the finals last year. Normally they play each other, but I'm okay with Celtics Bucks, okay, because that's a rematch of the conference finals. But where are the Clippers? That's everybody. That's everybody's dark horse fit. Not even dark horse. This is one of the co-favorites to win the Western Conference. Not on Christmas Day. Uh, you know, I guess it's load management or something. We've seen <laughs> LALA. They're playing earlier in the year, but um, you know, Sixers against the Knicks. Knicks aren't exactly eh. the Knicks anymore, but eh. there is that breakfast at Madison Square Garden that people like. Eh. And you know, a couple years ago, a couple years ago when the when the Sixers were not scheduled <laughs> on Christmas Day, Joel Embiid told me he goes, "That's when I knew that we needed to step." up because mm. Christmas Day is seen as a time when they want to spotlight <laughs> the biggest stars and he goes I guess I'm not a star because mm. they got bounced in the bubble pretty early and he goes, I guess I'm not a star now he's, he's finished second in MVP voting two years in a row since that slight um, and I think when you look at the other the other games here uh, Luka Doncic is obviously being featured by the league. The Lakers always play on Christmas. The only question is whether they're home or away. Uh, James Harden, Kevin Durant, the, James Harden, Kevin Durant um, normally are. Kevin Durant is not this year. Yeah. So I think it's more interesting not who is playing, but who's not playing. Well, Kevin Durant isn't featured mm. because we don't know what's happening with Kevin Durant, but we'll get to that later in the show. <laughs> uh, Matt, what are your thoughts? Um, obviously, there are some teams that are missing here, but uh, what's interesting to me, I, I like this Celtics-Bucks. Um, to me, two of the most complete lineups in the Eastern Conference. They've played each other three out of the last five years in the playoffs. I feel like the road to the Eastern Conference is going to run through one of these cities, uh, so I think it's going to be a great matchup. Obviously, the missing Middleton last year kept, uh, you know, 
what Milwaukee felt it kept like kept them from going to see uh, Miami in the uh, Eastern Finals and potentially going to the finals. So with a healthy team on both sides, uh, I like the Celtics additions. Um, this is going to be a great game. Well, and you guys know because you've obviously played, this is a big deal, right, to be scheduled yeah. on Christmas Day. Perk, we'll start with you there. What is it like playing on Christmas Day, and what memories do you have? Well, I mean, when you think about a Christmas Day game, right, it's like, like to me, it's right under the NBA Finals. Like, you're on the biggest stage. You know, we're talking about the the biggest holiday of the year. You know, like, at the end of the day, you want to be on Christmas. Like, you want to be playing Christmas Day. It's actually an honor. And when I think about my Christmas Day experience, and I don't mean to boast or brag right now, but I'm going to pat myself <laughs> on the back. I had a lot of them. I played on a lot of Christmas, in a lot of Christmas Day games. But my one that I remember the most it was when I was with the Celtics, and I remember we played the Orlando Magic, a prime Dwight Howard, when he was up there in the conversation as, you know, MVP, one of the best players in the game. And I guarded him one-on-one on the low block, and he finished the game with two points. And I believe he was averaging around 23, 22 at the time, and I held them down to two points, put them clamps on them. So, you know, playing on Christmas Day, that's one of the biggest, if not the biggest stages in the NBA. Completely agree. Uh, I mean, I, I got a chance to play a lot on Christmas, too. It was always a blast. It gets a little tougher as you get older with family and kids because it messes up the whole routine. I remember one time uh, we left the gum we, t- we left the gumbo on because we were having seafood gumbo for dinner. We forgot to turn it off. By the time we got home, it exploded all uh. over the kitchen. Uh, but as far as games, I mean, like you said, like Perk said, <laughs> it's the marquee matchup. You know, there's four or five games. The whole world is mm-hmm. going to be watching. Um, so it's always a great, tremendous honor to uh, play on Christmas. And it's like you go out and you earn that extra stuffing. You earn that cranberry sauce. Yeah. You earn, you know, those sweet potatoes and that macaroni and cheese. Now, Perk, you touched on the 2009 matchup. Who had the better game, you or Matt? <laughs> I had a nice you, you know uh, what? Christmas I gotta, Day game. I got to no, no, you really did, man. But I got to give it to myself again. Uh, the defensive <laughs> stop. You heard it from Kobe oh, himself. That game? Look, do you see that? Oh, pl- Matt tried yeah, to act like do he you see that, that plus game? Nine? I was talking about do, a different do, game. Do, do you s- <laughs> I- I, Matt, uh, you see that plus ni- minus stat right, right there, there? Plus nineteen. Probably was it. Probably was the highest on the box score that they see. Me and Matt were stars in our role. You know, Matt had the assignment of guarding Ray Allen and Paul Pierce, and I'm pretty sure he did a great job. But the reason that we won that game on Christmas Day, it wasn't because of the superstars. It was because of Big Perk, me. Oh, yours wow. Too. I don't like how you guys said I, I thought you guys mm-hmm. should have did the Clippers versus Nuggets. I had 27 in that game in Staples. We won. We had the nice red <laughs> uniforms on. I didn't know you guys were going to this Christmas Day game. Well, yeah. well I, I got a complaint. I have I have a complaint about the schedule. When is the NBA going to stop disrespecting Trey Young? Now, yes, we want to see the best teams, but also on Christmas Day, we want to see the best performers, some of the top young talent in the NBA. And when Trey Young step into on the floor and he step into arena, Trey Young is box office. We're talking about a guy, a player last year that led the league in total points and assists. We're talking about a baby Steph Curry in the making, has unlimited range, put guys in the blender, it plays below the rim but finished well around the basket. And we keep disrespecting Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks, and I can't understand that for the life of me. 
So last year, Perk, they did schedule Ice Tray in Madison Square Garden on that on that Christmas Day game, but he was out in health and safety protocols at that time. And then the Hawks obviously didn't have the same kind of year that they did last year. So I think it's, it's interesting to me because you're right. Like you want to have the biggest stars on Christmas Day and Trey in the garden on Christmas is, is box office. But they didn't perform last year. And they were like when you have team success, then shot. you can be there. Yeah, well, I'm from the ATL, so I'm saying put Trey in. But let's pivot now to one of your mm -hmm. former teammates, Big Perk, Kevin Durant, someone whose Brooklyn Nets currently do not have a Christmas Day game is... at this juncture. Ramona Ooh. just talked about that. It's been five-plus weeks since the trade demand hurt, was heard around the world. What's next in this saga? So the biggest question that all mm. of us have is, is Kevin Durant willing to take this to the next level? Okay, the next level would be not showing up to training camp. And Matt, I was there when Kobe Bryant did this went in, back in 2007. And I remember standing in the parking lot at the Lakers training facility and none of his teammates knew if he was going to show up. And all of us were wondering if he was going to show up. He showed up and he played. And I think that's the expectation with Kevin Durant too, because uh, say whatever you want about Kevin Durant, that man loves playing basketball. And it's hard to see him sitting out. but. Everybody I talked to and what the conversations we've all been having the last week or two is, do you think Kevin will really sit out or really not show up to training camp, full of Ben Simmons, if you will, uh, to force the issue here and get the Nets to lower their asking price and, and just trade him? I don't see it. I think he loves basketball too much, but that's what's next here. And I think if you're the Brooklyn Nets, you're playing this game of, you know, last week I, I said on this show, they saw that last meeting as all part of the process, right? In other words, Kevin needed to be heard. They needed to hear him. They need to listen to what he was saying and try to take some action uh, to make him feel better about it. And I think the, the resounding takeaway from that is, is there a way that they can make it so that he feels like this wasn't all for naught, that whatever his complaints were, or whatever he is feeling needs to change with that franchise is going to at least try to change or change. And let's see, they got they have until September 26th until media day to figure that out. I mean, I think he, he showed us nothing but, you know, when he's there, he's going to play. So I highly doubt he's going to miss time. This is just a tough situation for both sides. I mean, obviously, the Nets are invested, you know, at the end of this contract, they'll be invested over $350 million into Kevin, Gar or Kevin Durant uh, with only one uh, playoff victory. Um, it's really been up and down since this team has really kind of been put together and I think they kind of want to see what they have going on so I don't see him moving and I also see him there playing. Now will it be disgruntled? May there be some issues? Could be. Uh, the one thing that, I, that is interesting to me though is you never really hear Kevin talk about management or coaching. You know, you'll hear him talk on Twitter, you'll hear him talk yeah. about himself or, you know, defend himself or, or talk, but you never hear him talk about management and coaching. So to me, this is interesting. I think if they had a little bit more leverage from a standpoint of maybe they've won or they've gone to the conference finals or even won a championship, you may have that kind of leverage where you can say, hey, I don't like this coach or I don't like this management. But I think the fact that they haven't really got a chance to win yet and really played more than 30 games together to try to pick off the head coach and the GM, I think that was a big bite, and it probably would have left the sour taste around the league from a management standpoint. So I think that's why, uh, you know, Joe took a hard stance behind uh, management and coaching. But at the end of the day, all these guys are going to have to try to put this aside and play because I don't think any of those guys on that team are going anywhere. So, Perk, is there a middle ground? I mean, well, to, to Matt's point, you know, he's asking GM and head coach, are there some things that can be changed where Kevin still feels like it, it's a win for him? Uh, no, I think he has to get traded. Here's the thing that's confusing to me, right? We're talking about Kevin Durant. We're talking about AKA KD, Easy Money Sniper. He calls himself the God. 
And now I'm starting to question a little bit the power of Kevin Durant. And I always talk about this. Do you want to be popular or you want to be powerful? Mm. KD asked for a trade about five weeks ago and said he wanted out. Okay, he didn't move the needle. All of a sudden, Kevin Durant comes back, and now he asks for it. Make uh, he gives Josiah an ultimatum and say, you know what? It's either me or Sean Marks and Steve Nash. He still don't move the needle. Now all of a sudden there's speculations that he might consider retiring. So all of, all of a sudden he has to move the needle to that aspect. So I'm trying to see right now, does KD really have the juice that he think he has? Because if he did, he wouldn't have to go through all these necessary steps to get what he want. We're talking about arguably the greatest scorer to ever play the game of basketball. Right now, we're talking about arguably the best player in the NBA. We're talking about argu- we're talking about a guy right now, in my opinion, who is a top 20 player, who's the top great of all time. And he has to go through all this just to get what he wants in a franchise. It's kind of concerning, and I'm confused about the whole situation. So who should budge, though, Perk? Like, who's, who's the side that budge? Is it the Nets that budge and take less than what they think he's worth? Or, like, what, how does this resolve? I mean, if you're the Nets, if you're the Nets to me, I feel like, look, you got to get rid of Kevin Durant at this at this point at this point because you look at the front office. I mean, Kevin Durant really haven't been in communication with the front office of the Brooklyn Nets. I understand Rich Kleiman; he's been the guy that's been the middle person and being the spokesman. But how can you resolve this if you're going to keep Steve Nash and Sean Marks? There's no way you could bring back Kevin Durant after he just called for their job. So, in my opinion, the Brooklyn Nets is going to have to take less, which is not going to be bad at all, they're still going to get back some pieces and draft picks, and you got to move on from KD. We could continue to have this conversation all day long and to Ramona's <laughs> point, you know, we need to figure out something before media day comes. But still to come on NBA Today, mm-hmm. more on the NBA Christmas Day slate. Why the Grizzlies and Warriors is the best rivalry in the game today. Plus, the Hall of Famer Rebecca Lobo oh. joins us to talk about the farewell tour for both legends Sue Bird and Sylvia Fowles. And also, what did Giannis say about potentially playing for the Chicago Bulls? We have that and so much more. Stick around, NBA Today is just getting started. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom. Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets but expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. NBA Today is brought to you by Miller Lite. Taste you can depend on. <laughs> Welcome back to NBA Today. I'm LaChina Robinson, and now it's time to talk icons. That's right. Yesterday, Sue Bird played in her final regular season game, and after so many career accomplishments, including four titles in three different decades, she now looks to continue her off-the-court ventures to continue to inspire young girls across the country and the world. Her fiancé, USA soccer legend Megan Rapino, details the life, career, and future of Sue Bird. Check it out. She's the kid from Long Island who aced every sport she tried. But basketball became her true love. To be able to do something and get paid for it that you love to do, you know, that's got to be everyone's dream, you know? So I think it'd be great if I played in the WNBA. She'll always be a New Yorker and a UConn legend. But Sue Bird's pro career has been rooted for two decades on the opposite coast as the greatest professional athlete in Seattle history. The Seattle Storm select Sue Bird from the University of Connecticut. Not only is she the best point guard in the WNBA, she's the best point guard in the world. She punches right now. Sue thrives on a team-first mentality that has made her one of the all-time best point guards. She is the WNBA career leader in assists, but it's about more than just her expert court vision. She knows people as well as she knows the game of basketball. Play tough, okay? Go, go, Ellie, Ellie. And to watch her manage a team is to observe a masterclass in leadership. four WNBA titles with the Storm and five Olympic gold medals as one of USA Basketball's legends. Sitting here now with a gold medal around our necks is, is really special. I'm just really, really happy. Off the court, she is, among many things, an entrepreneur, a basketball analyst, a soccer team owner, and an advocate for causes she's committed to, including racial justice and LGBTQ plus rights. I've always kind of said I never really felt comfortable having like this moment of like me kind of stepping out and being like, hey, look at me, I'm gay over here. It's about normalizing in our world, and the WNBA has been at the front of that. I've had the joy of watching Sue evolve as a person while she reached her professional peak. I've seen her impact on basketball fans all over the world and how kindly she treats people. 
Yes, I might be a little bit biased, but there's no better example of a role model than Sue. She steps away from her playing career after appearing in more WNBA games than anyone. Yet it doesn't exactly feel like a goodbye. Everyone will miss seeing her on-court presence, the perfect passes, the dagger shots, the signature ponytail. But this is only the beginning of everything that Sue will do and be in the next phase of her life. And I can't wait to see what's next. There are definitely moments where I get a little emotional or sad because I know it's the, the end of something, but I'm also really excited to start my next life. Well, I selfishly hope that Sue Bird is sitting next to me doing some television in the next phase of her life, but um, here are some numbers on Sue Bird. First in games played, first in assists all time, third in steals, seventh in points, but this does not even begin to cover all that Sue Bird is and has been to the game of basketball synonymous with the WNBA. Um, Megan Rapino, as always, having the words to say, that was fantastic. And speaking of fantastic, joining me right now is the Hall of Famer Rebecca Lobo, who was on the call yesterday, ironically, for Sylvia Fowles' final game. And I was on the, uh, the call for Sue Bird's final regular season game. But, Rebecca, there's been lots of tears shed saying goodbye to two future Hall of Famers in Sue Bird and Sylvia Fowles. As we look to put a bow on this week of celebration, what stands out to you most about their careers? I think how each of them defined what it means to play their position. You know, for Sue Bird for over 20 years in the WNBA has taught us what it means to be a great point guard, to make your teammates feel comfortable when you're out on the court, to play in a way that everyone around you is better. And then at the same time, when your team needs it, you hit daggers to help your team win championships. And I think a similar thing can be said about Sylvia Fowles and the back-to-the-basket center position. She taught us what it means to be a dominant low post player to get inside and score uh, to to post up to rebound to block shots so in very different ways defining what it what it means to do those things you know Sue Bird setting up her teammates and Sylvia Fowles dominating herself inside and both uh, doing it in different ways but helping their teams win championships Sue Bird helping Seattle to four championships in three different decades Sylvia Fowles helping her team win in uh, 2015 and 2017 and being the MVP in those finals. So both players, in a way, defining what it means to be the best at their position. And Rebecca, I believe you were out of the league by the time Sylvia came in, maybe not. But if, if you weren't there when Sylvia came in, okay, <laughs> who was that power player that you played against, like that dominant, just strong center on the, on the interior? Well, you had you had some of those in my day. You had the hybrids like Lisa Leslie who were stepping out and hitting threes or Tina Thompson stepping out and hitting threes. Uh, but you also had in L.A. Zhang Haisha, who was a 6'8", uh, back-to-the-basket power center um, for Los Angeles in the, in the early days. Um, you know, we had Kim Hampton in New York, who was one of those back-to-the-basket uh, centers. But no one who was quite as dominant um, as Sylvia Fowles, and certainly no one who did it for 15 years like that. Yeah, Sylvia Fowles, one of a kind. All right, well, Sylvia Lynx didn't make the playoffs, but the Storm did at the four seed, and they will take on the five seed, Washington Mystics, in Seattle in the best of three series starting Thursday. We knew the four-five seed matchup would be the most intriguing for obvious reasons, but what's top of mind when those two teams are on the slate to play each other for you, Rebecca? Well, first of all, for Seattle, they're the only top four seed who is playing an opponent with a winning record. Uh, Washington had the exact same record as Seattle. 
title this season. And these two teams met just about two weeks ago or three weeks ago. And uh, and in a back-to-back series, Seattle won the first game, Washington won the second. Uh, both games were decided by five or, or fewer points. So this is a really close matchup. This is going uh, to be really exciting. And of course, you have Sue Bird, you have Brianna Stewart for Seattle, who uh, have been playing well. Jewel Lloyd coming off a monster game in, uh, in their last game of the season against Vegas. And then for Washington, uh, you know, Elena Deladon is going to be vitally important to their success if they want to beat Seattle. And Elena, shockingly, over the course of the last five games, has really struggled from the three-point line. Still finding a way to score, uh, making twos and getting to the free-throw line, but it'll be important for her to create that spacing for her team to start getting hot from the three-point line again. Well, we're hearing a lot about the top teams, in particular those that are hosting, but when you look at the bottom half, are there any storylines with those teams, five through eight, that you are looking forward to as the playoffs kick off? Certainly. There are two teams that are really intriguing to me. Um, one of them is Dallas and the other is New York. And the reason they're intriguing to me is usually at this time of the season, you know exactly what a team is and you know exactly what they do to have success. With those two teams, you don't know exactly, but they're still really exciting to watch. And I'll start with Dallas. Uh, they've been without Arike Agumbawale down here for the stretch because of injury, uh, but they've been a lot of fun to watch. Tierra McCowan for them has been playing great great basketball. She has become a double-double machine as the 6'7 post player taking care of business inside. Marina Mabry has been outstanding over this stretch, um, scoring and helping her team. And then for the New York Liberty, this is another team we don't know exactly what they are quite yet because Benajah Laney has only played nine games this season. She played four in May and has played five since her return in August, and she changes them. Uh, and Sabrina Ionescu for New York is so important to their success. And it was a good sign for New York to be able to pull off the win yesterday at, uh, against Atlanta to make it um, into the playoffs when Sabrina was only 1 or 12 from the from the floor. Her teammates were able to to make sure they could get that done. And Laney's a big part of that stuff. Dolson was a big part of that yesterday. But those two teams are intriguing to me. They're fun to watch. But you're not exactly sure who they are because of the pieces that are missing and the pieces that are returning. So much to look forward to. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to you, Ryan and Holly, taking us all the way through the finals. I look forward to dinner with you, LaChina, when we finally get together in the finals. I know. Can't wait. Thanks, Rebecca. Coming up on NBA Today, Big Perk gives a big pep talk to John Morant and the Grizzlies as they face the Warriors on Christmas Day. Plus, which team runs L.A.? The Clippers or Lakers? And is this possibly the best Clippers team of all time? Former Clipper Matt Barnes on that. Also, we play a little big deal, little deal, or no deal, reacting to Giannis's comments regarding playing for the Bulls. NBA Today will be back after the break. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Strength in numbers is alive and well. There was this one player on the Grizzlies who tweeted strength in numbers after they beat us in the regular season, and it pissed me off so much. I can't wait to retweet that thing, freaking bum. I had to watch that. I'm just like, this freaking clown. Okay. 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 Thompson fakes, fires, three-pointer. Dang! It's over. Golden State holds on. You're going to mock us? Like, you ain't ever been there before, bro. We've been there. We know what it takes. So to be here again, hold that. Guys, I'd say it's fair to say there's a healthy rivalry between Golden State and Memphis, wouldn't you? Here again with Matt and Big Perk. Check out the back and forth right now between John Morant and uh, Draymond on Twitter talking about their Christmas Day matchup. Josh said, look, we got what we wanted, Dre. <laughs> That's in regards to the Christmas Day matchup, to which Draymond responded, That's the power of your voice, young. Let's go. Bring the fam to the crib for dinner after. Love to see that. See, it's just the bros going back and forth. But, Matt, starting with you, how can this rivalry grow even more this season? Uh, just to continue to put on a good show every time we see them. You know, obviously the regular season holds a certain amount of weight. Christmas Day is a little heavier than the rest of the regular season. But after that, playoffs. That's where rivalries are built, and that's where rivalries grow. You know, the, the, the Grizz were able to knock the uh, Warriors off to get in that the, the play-in situation. Warriors come back next year, uh, but Memphis fully felt last year that with a healthy job Morant, they should have been able to beat this team. So we're going to have to see this year. This is kind of the new NBA versus, if you want to call it the old, they're not old, but they're older players. They've been around for a while. They had their dynasty run. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be interesting. They definitely have Golden State's attention, but now you have Golden State's attention. What are you going to do with it, Park? I agree. And, and you know what? It comes down to Memphis keeping their identity and keeping their culture, right, and keeping that edge, that tenacity, that noise talking. That's what the game needs, right? They're not backing down from nobody. They're running up the chimney looking for the smoke. But I say that to say this. My message to the Memphis Grizzlies, right, last year they were doing the hunting. This year they're going to be the hunted. And I know they didn't win the NBA championship, but they put the world on notice. So now teams are going to be getting their rest the night before. Now teams are going to step in knowing that they have to strap their boots up. So I say this to John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. Look. You're going into preseason next year, okay? You're not having – start of the season, you're not going to have Jaron Jackson Jr., one of the key pieces. So I'm looking at John Morant, and I'm looking at him to take a step into his leadership. I'm looking at him to say, you know what? I'm going to sacrifice because although I'm a young superstar on the rise in this league, I am a leader, and guys look up and they follow my lead on this team. So get everything that you need to do out the way right now. Enjoy the max 
tax extension this summer. Party with your family. Do what you do. Live your best life because you deserve that. When the season comes around, put all that aside because your ultimate goal, team goal, is to what? Win the NBA championship, individually win the MVP, and you're only going to do that by sacrificing not just on the court but off the court. That's my message to the Memphis Grizzlies going into next season. And I love the overall theme. It sounds like from both of y'all, now that you got the smoke, what are you going to do with it, right? All right. From those two Western Mm -hmm. Conference teams to two that are squaring off on opening night, our Lakers reporter Dave McMiniman, quote, the L.A. Clippers will tip off their regular season against the Los Angeles Lakers on October 20th. A source told ESPN in what will be a designated, quote, road game for the Clippers. Uh, They currently have a seven-game winning streak versus their Crypto.com cohabitants. Perk, better offseason so far between those two teams and why? Oh, it's the Clippers. I think the Clippers had the best offseason over any team in the NBA. When you talk about the wing position, the most important position, I already dove into that. But I'm looking at the Clippers, and I'm looking at them. I have them as my favorite to win it all. Mm. I mean, when you think about the coaching along and Tyron Lue, LeBron James, since Tyron Lue has been the head coach of the Clippers, LeBron James haven't beat him one time. And so that says a lot. Also, you have a healthy Kawhi Leonard coming back. We saw how Paul George finished the season. The Clippers right now, they are really, really dangerous. They are really deep and I think they have the best team in the NBA start in, when they start this season. I couldn't uh, agree with you more, Perk. A deep team developed an identity without their stars last night. And that's what I like, or excuse me, last season. And that's what mm-hmm. I like about this team. They played the entire season. They were in a race without their two main guys. Paul George came back at the end of the season and gave them yes, a little sir. boost. But people like Reggie Jackson and, and, and all their role players got valuable experience last year knowing that we're going to be fully reloaded this season. Plus, a hungry John Wall. We could say what you want about John Wall, but last time he was on a basketball court playing for Houston, he averaged about 20 points and eight assists. So this is going to be a guy that's eager to prove himself that he still belongs in this league. Him and Reggie Jackson in that backcourt, along with the two two of the best two-way defensive players uh, in the game. I definitely think the Clippers had a better offseason. Although the Lakers got a new coach and retooled with some younger players, uh, to me it's a no-brainer that the Clippers had a better offseason. All right. Well, lots to be decided, lots to come. But I just want to finish by asking this about the Lakers. How can they – is there anything that will happen between now and when the season starts that you think will put them in better position than they're in now, or is it just the leadership change? I just think they have to understand how to play with each other. And I think, obviously, a healthy Anthony Davis is going to change all the talk around that organization. If Anthony Davis can play in 60 to 65 games this season, this team's going to be in a position to make the playoffs. He should be an MVP conversation. But until they can get him on the court consistently, all this other stuff doesn't go. Uh, you know, obviously, the next thing is how does Russ fit in. But I think great players always figure out how to work with great players if all the great players are able to play on the court at the same time. Park? I, I I agree. I agree. And, and, you know, most importantly, if you go back and look at the Lakers last year, they took preseason and training camp for granted. They struggled, and they set guys. When you watch the Golden State Warriors, they hit the, they hit the ground running. They didn't take the preseason for uh, granted because the preseason is important. The preseason is, is important for your chemistry. And I think this year the Lakers need to have a different approach. I think they will have a different approach. I think Darvin Ham has the attention of their locker room, and Darvin Ham says something that Matt pointed out. 
in my opinion, that's going to be great. That offense is going to be ran through Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis needs to be the bride and the wedding, even though it's not his wedding. <laughs> Anthony Davis needs to be the corpse in the casket, even if it's not his funeral. That's how much you need to be ran through Anthony Davis. <laughs> Well, I've been on this show, I think, three times now, and everyone I've sat next to has said Clippers, Clippers, Clippers. So it seems to be uh, the thought that they are going to have a great season. All right, coming up, some news on Giannis and Tentacupo. And also, we will eventually get to a WNBA star, John Quill Jones, who will talk to us a little bit about what she has coming up in the playoffs as NBA Today rolls on. Connecticut's son, all-star John Quell Jones. John Quell, congratulations on making the playoffs and landing the very important hosting spot in the first round as the three seed. Now, in last year's playoff, your team fell short of making the WNBA Finals, but what about this year's squad do you think will get you over the hump? Well, we definitely have new pieces um, in Alyssa Thomas and Courtney Williams. Um, so I think those two pieces are huge for us. Um, um, they will definitely add a little bit of change in there and give us, you know, I guess more dynamic scoring, really to be able to push the ball up the court faster. Um, I think the format also helps us as well. Instead of sitting at home watching, you kind of get a feel for the playoffs as you you know you played great games earlier. Um, I think that'll help us as well. But when you look back at um, our matchup against Chicago last season, there's you know very minuscule, very small things that um, you know shifts the game, and you know we could have easily been up 2-0 versus being down. So um, you know just focusing on the small things and understanding the little things really matter in the playoffs. Now, you mentioned the format. Are you good with the WNBA doing away with those uh, single elimination games? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Because, <laughs> you know, in, in my WNBA career, we've, you know, we've lost in those single elimination games. So we've been there before. Um, and then we've also been the team that's sitting at home waiting and, and watching. So um, I've, you know, been able to kind of feel it out and been on both ends of the spectrum. But um, I like being able to just get in there and, and start in the playoffs when everybody else does. Now, your first-round matchup is against Dallas, a team that your squad kind of struggled with in the regular season. They won the series. How can the Sun rectify those woes, um, you know, for the postseason to get over the hump in the series? Yeah, just understanding, you know, the type of team that they are. They have a lot of people that can really catch fire with Mabry and on um, big uh, post presence uh, down low. So we just have to be ready to play. But um, ultimately, we understand that, you know, when we go back and we watch those games, that we can be better. And so that's our first goal is making sure that we put our best foot forward and we play against them. And then, like I said before, in the playoffs, you have to step your game up. It's going to be a little different without Arike Gumbawale sending our well wishes to her. But 6-7, Tierra McCowan, the way she's been playing, that'll be your responsibility, uh, John Quell, in the first round. Now, I know it's award season, and it's always a difficult time for folks like me and the media to make decisions. You're the reigning MVP. Now, take yourself out of the mm -hmm. hat just for this season. What are your thoughts mm -hmm. on the MVP race in the WNBA right now? 
Oh man. Um, well, first off, I think Alyssa isn't really getting the the recognition. I think she's she's doing so much. You know, watching her play night in and night out, she is relentless. She doesn't stop. So I think she definitely deserves to be in that conversation. Uh, Kelsey Plum has been having an amazing season, deserves to be in that conversation. Asia Wilson, amazing season, deserves to be in that conversation. Stewie, of course, uh, leading the league in scoring. So um, I'm glad I don't have you guys' job. Um, and, um, you know, I'm happy that I can kind of just lock in and, and focus on winning the championship. But, um, yeah, you guys have a, a real tough job right now because a lot of people are playing really good basketball. Candace Parker, too. Can't forget about her with Chicago and how they've been playing. So, um, yeah, just a lot of amazing ladies. So hats off them well wasn't as intense of a race so you made it easy for us last season it was like hands down John Quell so I know you'll be handing over that title very soon um off the court though Brittany Griner's lawyers have filed an appeal against her nine-year prison sentence Russian news agencies reported today obviously this story has taken many twists and turns this season and you've taken to social media to show your support for Griner if you had the chance to speak with her right now John Quell what would you want to say to her Oh, man, um, that's my sister, first and foremost. Um, you know, we're always constantly praying for her and, you know, just bringing her before God more than anything, asking the Lord to just go over there and just make sure she feels our energy. So if I had the opportunity to speak to her, I would just let her know that we love her, um, that we haven't stopped fighting for her, that we haven't forgotten about her, um, you know, and that it's going to be okay. And, you know, just to take it one day at a time, not get down on herself, and understand that and she's going to be home soon. So um, just honestly, just a lot of love, um, a lot of well wishes. I just want to make sure she's being strong mentally, um, being strong spiritually, um, and just, just fighting until she gets home because we're all just waiting for that day when she, you know, gets back into the U.S. and we can give her hugs and, um, you know, just shower her with that love. And so um, being over here is hard to not be able to, to see somebody that you spend so much time with that you consider to be basically a family member. So, um, B, we love you. Um, we're here for you. Just keep fighting, keep being strong. Um, and, and we want to see you home soon. We love you, girl. Thank you so much, John Quell. And I know this is it, uh, particularly tough for you because you played with Brittany Griner for Ekaterinburg. Um, so thank you mm -hmm. so much for sharing your thoughts. And, and I just um, admire the way that you women have played to honor Brittany this season. And I know that that will continue through the playoffs. Thank you for joining us, John Quell. You can catch John Quell on Thursday as the WNBA playoffs kick off. The first round in a doubleheader as she leads the Sun against the six-seeded Dallas Wings at 8 Eastern, 7 Central on ESPNU. Then the fifth seed Washington Mystics square off against the fourth seed Seattle Storm on ESPN2 and the ESPN app. Today, four-time WNBA All-Star Center Liz Cambage announced that she has decided to step away from the WNBA, quote, for the time being, publicly addressing for the first time her mid-season contract divorce from the Sparks. Cambage said in an Instagram post, quote, while I'll miss rocking the purple and gold, I'll be taking this time to focus on my healing and personal growth before providing clarification on past rumors. Thank you to all my supporters, family, and friends for all the love and light you continue to surround me with. Coming up next, so you're saying there's a chance. We have Giannis's comments on the possibility of wearing another jersey. Keep it locked, NBA Today, we'll be right back.
when I get on the court, I'm gonna go 100%. This is who I am. Welcome back to NBA Today. Now, Giannis Antetokounmpo was speaking at a promotional event yesterday when he was asked about one day potentially playing for the Bulls. The Buck superstar answered with the following. Take a listen. I think uh, anybody who asks that question uh, that plays basketball, if he said no, he would be, he'd be a liar. You know, uh, it's a team that uh, won uh, multiple championships. It's a team that one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player, to ever play this game played for. So it's, 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 it's a no-brainer. Everybody would love to play for Chicago. Down the line, you, you never know. You know, you never know how life brings it. Maybe, maybe I play for Chicago, but uh, right now I'm committed to Milwaukee. Perk, you first. Is this a big deal, little, or no deal? You know what? It's a big deal, but it's not a big deal because I don't want it to make it like Giannis is going to the Bulls. I want to acknowledge Giannis and how intelligent he is. Although I don't like some of those corny uh, dad jokes he do outside of that, Giannis is very, very, very intelligent on how he go about things. He moves the needle off the court. And what he's doing is he's saying, hey, I'm going to hold the Milwaukee Bucks feet to the fire every single year to make sure that they put the pieces around me to be able to compete for a championship. I honestly believe that Giannis is going to retire in the Bucks uniform. But what he's doing is he's playing chess, not checkers, and I applaud him for that. I think this is a little deal. Um, obviously, to what you said, Park, it's, it's holding the organization accountable. But we're also in a new NBA now, you know, so when things like this are said, people like us are going to run it and, and run crazy with it. But I don't necessarily see him leaving. But at the same time, like you said, this management, and I think this management already knows, they got to be all in his entire career. Um, but he's been committed to this team. He said he wanted to be, uh, finish his career earlier in, this, uh, in his career. He said he wanted to bring a championship. He's done that. So, again, like you, Perk, I don't see him leaving. But he all, the Milwaukee can't get too comfortable just in case they think they can start slacking because mm -hmm. he's there now. Uh, you know, you got to continue to build around this guy his entire career, just like they're doing in, in Golden State with Steph. They're all in Steph's entire career. They got to do the same thing with Giannis. It's kind of cool that the young guys still think there's a mystique with the Bulls, though. Now, Giannis still has four years and almost $190 million left on his current deal, including a player option for $52 million in the final year. He could hit free agency in 2025 by opting out when he'll be 30 years old. Let's take a look at LeBron's oldest son in a moment, but we'll be back first in 60 seconds. Let's take a look at LeBron's oldest son, Bronny James, in action today on the European tour over on ESPN2. Check out this little quick move, elevation for the dunk. Even LeBron was amazed, tweeting, oh my goodness, Bronny. Wow, guys, what do you think? I think this is beautiful. I mean, a kid that has so much pressure, his dad said, I'm waiting for you to get to the league so I can come play with you. Uh, his ability to just block all that out and go out and play basketball is beautiful. I still think the middle child is it Bryce. Bryce. Oh, I still think he might be hey. the one. Well, speaking of, uh, is Perk still with us? Oh, Perk might be gone. All right. So, anything? Perk's day ended already. Oh, yeah. Perk. No, I'm right here. I'm right here. You know what? 
I, I have to applaud Bronny, man. First of all, you want to see a dead body? That's going to one right there. Okay, but coming down in transition and playing with the pressure that he has to play with day in and day out, yep. being the son of LeBron James and succeeding expectations and having no one criticize him because he's putting in the work is a beautiful thing to see. Yep. Embracing greatness. All right, speaking of monumental achievements for a parent to witness, hey. take a look at Poppy Guy. First day of first grade. Big deal for coordinating producer Hillary Guy. Doesn't she look adorable? Way to go, Poppy. Oh, yeah. We know who's running the yes, house. Summer's adorable. over. Perk, summer's over, Perk. It's back to school.